We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another Stay Hot live stream. I'm Bladen Kirk, joined, as always, by my two favorite co-hosts of all time, Matthew Spinauer and Theo Ash. Um, sorry the live stream took a little bit to get rolling. Uh, there were some technical difficulties, but we're here. We're alive. We're well. Matt, Theo, how are you guys doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Played some more right. golf today. Keep getting a little bit better every time. Real golf or we golf? Real golf. Okay. It's fun. It's a good time. It was cold as hell today, though. Yeah. can't believe you went golfing today. It's like 30. We power through. I guess. We had the whole course to ourselves. More power to you, man. You're a better man than me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he said, yeah, I, I am. But uh, I'm good. Uh, I, my voice is getting better every day. It is. Um, I'm really happy to see it. And it's basketball day. I wish it was basketball day yesterday. It was Monday night, and I know the football game um, was happening, and that was a crazy game. But I was like, I could kill to watch some basketball right now. And I, uh, It's funny. My basketball class actually got canceled today because my instructor got sick. So he said, instead of coming to class today, um, your job is to watch one of the games and write a one paragraph. Um, <laughs> I'll do your homework reaction. for you for five dollars. <laughs> Bro's gonna do my. I'm gonna watch one of the games. The Hawks, yeah, but, Kings, and Cavs. None of them are playing tonight, Blitten. So what are you gonna do? I don't know. James Harden's playing. It's okay. Ja- oh, he <laughs> squeaks by. Also. <laughs> Something we were talking about for a little bit was uh, the quarterbacks of this draft class. We started to look at them a little bit. I'm started to have to shift into let's look at the prospects <laughs> mode Yeah, as a Panthers fan. I think we're all in agreement that as Bryce Young is QB1. Which is not the cons- – and yes, this is uh, – I'm going to have – that's what my next All-22 video is on. And, and in my last one, I talked about three just kind of random guys – which was Tyler Van Dyke, Anthony Richardson, and and KJ Jefferson. And uh, at the time, Tyler Van Dyke was a potential first-round pick, which I said is stupid. I don't see that at all. And since then, that's been true. And this was right after Anthony Richardson's Utah game. So I was like, of the three, like, that guy's nice with it or nicer with it than the other ones. And, you know, he he's got he has the potential for some disaster classes. So we'll see if he even declares. But um, the three of, of Levis, who gets the stay hot stamp because he has come on the show before, <laughs> um, and uh, and Stroud stay and, and Young are the ones on. Vibe check. Well, there's some character concerns about quarterback prospects that don't come on to stay hot. So <laughs> yeah. Levis is the only one who's passed that test. Facts, facts. No, but Bryce Young, I mean, the plays that he creates for Alabama right now are truly remarkable. Um, but, 
but people get pissed at you. They get mad at you if you say this. They. Who's they? They. they (laughs) Don't want you to believe this. And I hate to say it as an Ohio State fan. Trust me. It brings me no joy to tell you that I have the Alabama guy over the Ohio State guy. But I think it's it's a little hard for me to not see what Bryce can do and have him as quarterback one. Yeah, we were t- the, the Bama roster is really just They're not that good. It's underwhelming this year. Uh, the Tennessee- which is crazy because the college football playoffs are the same four teams. So how is this going to work? But um, well, I, I don't know. I just, I was I just remember watching the Tennessee game and I'm like, man, these these guys are dropping a lot of passes. The offensive line isn't blocking too well. Stroud's having to do or not Stroud Young's having to do a lot of work, like kind of by himself, and he was he was balling. Uh, but you look at like Stroud, and it's like, oh, he might have the best receiver in this draft class, and the best receiver in next year's draft class, and the best receiver in, in the following year's draft class, and he had the two best receivers in last year's draft class. So it's like, you know, has he has he ever is is he ever gonna have a s- situation to prove that he can actually be? I don't I don't um, think that you have to like look at what. Stroud can do and say, no matter what, he has good receivers, so well, I don't yeah, buy no it. Yeah, no matter, it's not no matter what. But, but it, it definitely doesn't help. I, I see. I, I, I actually, I, I really disagree with you on this one. I, I think what? that you can tell whether or not a quarterback is making a good play, regardless of their receivers. Yeah, but like, if if you're throwing to guys that are, it was, it was, that was my, that was kind of one of my big things with Mac Jones. Is I was like, bro, I, I he has four wide open receivers on every play. It's like what 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 are we gonna do when you have to go into a league and you don't have any receivers open on any play, right? You so that that was my thing is it's like you're gonna go from playing on the best team against mid competition to go and if you're the first overall pick, play on the worst team against NFL level players, and that transition is really hard. Yeah, if you're gonna, I, I like, I agree with what you're saying, Bladen. Like, I think that you can almost throw out, like, I think when you watch any prospect, you have to ask yourself after almost every throw, <laughs> could the worst starter in the league make right. this? The yeah. worst, could Daniel, if you put Daniel Jones at Ohio State, right, could he make this throw? Or he's not the worst starter in the league, I guess, but if you put PJ Walker, if you put, <laughs> if you put Justin Fields you at put Ohio Justin State, Fields. could he make this throw? The answer is, Yes. <laughs> yes, most of the time. But I, I do think like you can't just throw out every single quarterback who plays on a stacked team because Joe Burrow's a pretty good quarterback. He yeah. played on maybe the greatest college football team ever. But the other thing that he did was have a season that was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, broke <laughs> He threw like 6,000 yards and 60 touchdowns. Hey, but so did Bailey Zappi. Not in the SEC, he didn't. True, true. Not in the SEC, he <laughs> didn't. Um, but... Yeah, uh, he you know, like Stroud. Stroud is not Joe Burrow. He's not as good of a prospect as Joe Burrow was coming out, you know. So and and Joe Burrow had, I think, kind of a an arm strength issue, and I would say that he he still isn't like the best at at throwing like rockets with no arc on it or anything like that. But his his accuracy and his intangibles are are pretty crazy, and and I don't know if if. Stroud has the same level of creation that Joe Burrow does, even even without the uh, Joe Burrow's arm strength. But you know, Stroud isn't a, a like he's no Mahomes, you know. Right. But uh, yeah, Young's pocket, Bryce Young, his pocket presence and ability to create something out of nothing is so insane. Yes, I think this year, even, even last year, Bryce Young won Heisman. But even from his bad games this year, I think you can tell more about him as a prospect because like he's actually having to create like it looks like what it might look like if he got drafted by a top five team and they don't have any good players around him like that's kind of what it looks like for Alabama sometimes in the Texas game he's under he's getting killed he's getting crushed Um, and the the wide receivers are like they're not a they wouldn't be a top flight NFL receiving core like they would be when they had 
Ruggs and and Judy and Devonte Smith and all of those right. guys, or even last year with Jameson Williams and Mechie, like it, it's just not like that this year. So we're actually seeing him have to like just get pummeled <laughs> and still have to like carry an offense, which we haven't really seen from Stroud. And I think Young is rising to the to the challenge. So yeah, yeah. I agree. Yes, and Levis, I haven't watched so much yet, but I mean, I know that he's not playing with, with you know, the world's greatest talent either. And he's in a. We talked to him about this on the podcast as he plays in a system that's a lot like the way the NFL is going. He plays in a in a system that comes from Shanahan, that comes from McVay, right? He he is operating a system that is not so different than the one he will have to operate at the NFL level, most likely, and. um He's got some pretty crazy tools he had to throw. I sent you guys this in the group chat yeah. the other day where he was like fading <laughs> away. Yeah. He's drifting away and then threw it like 65 yards to the corner of the end zone and hit his guy in stride. And he's like, whoa, that's yeah. that's some real talent right there. So, yeah. So when you get that talent and someone who hopefully um, is familiar with NFL offenses, like that's pretty that's pretty cool too. So. I think there's a chance that I have Shroud at QB3 eventually. Maybe I'll have to watch more because I think Stroud really is crazy accurate and he's, he's, he's tall and he's mobile like to some degree. Yeah. Yeah. Someone said this is the best week six recap and (laughs) NBA preview ever as we're talking about college football. Uh, Do we want to talk about the worst Monday night game? Every game the Broncos play in is just terrible. But I I will say this much. Bengal put out this tweet. He was like, the reason why every Broncos game is boring is because Patrick Sertan just does not allow the number one receiver to do anything. You guys, I'm sick of hearing about Patrick Sertan from you, too. Talk about J.C. Horn. (laughs) (laughs) Pat Sertan better, I fear. Uh, He stinks. You don't mean that. Take it back. Stinks. Nope. I mean it. I don't know. I don't know. I think the Chargers are in are in like a fair amount of trouble. I don't even think just this season. I think long term I'm a little worried about them. Uh, their offense just does not have the juice. It doesn't. Yeah. They rece- even when they get Keenan Allen back, I don't think that it will. Um just the the lack of like serious deep threats is 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 pitiful and it kills them yeah they their weapons were so overrated going into the season and i i just remember talking about you know tua and you know like yes he's off to a good start but keenan allen and waddle are a big reason why and and i remember a bunch of dolphins fans being like why does no one say this about herbert tyreek and waddle mike williams and keenan allen and it's like dude they're just not in the same stratosphere like and and there's so many curls in this offense, there's so many plays where they just catch the ball standing still and, you know, they just get tackled immediately because none of them are that fast. It, it's, it's just a, it's just a bad offense. It's not dynamic. It's, it's meant for Joe Lombardi. It's like meant for late stage Drew Brees, <laughs> right? Like that's where Joe Lombardi <laughs> comes from. It, it just is like a bunch of short throws, um, you know, and the one minute the one minute drill before overtime was probably the worst sequence of plays I've ever seen. Like that yeah. was that was truly embarrassing. The fact that like you think about what Josh Allen was is able to do in a minute and what the Bills are able to do with that kind of with with, you know, similar octave of a quarterback, march right down the field, score a touchdown. Easy. But the Chargers, you got six foot six, massive arm, and it's like it's not even an attempt to you to, to utilize it. It's it's it, it's embarrassing. Yeah, it, it's definitely like I've seen Herbert do some sh- crazy things before. Like last season, he was the most productive quarterback in football, I'd say, with five thousand yards and forty touchdowns or whatever it was. I mean, he was just incredible, and you saw the. The, the Oakland game where there was a million fourth downs and every single time he would do something like out of this world and yeah, convert fourth it. Fourth and 22, just like. 
but yet you just can't think of like the Herbert. He's just as talented as Josh Allen. And I, like, I don't think he, he runs like Allen does. He's not going to hurdle someone. He doesn't have that kind of like, he doesn't have, mind he doesn't have the dog in him. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't not, have that does kind of like mindset, that. but like as a thrower, he's as good as like anyone. <laughs> like he's yeah. so good. He is, he's perfectly capable of that 90, like what we saw, like I think what you're referencing, played in that 99-yard drive in a minute that Josh Allen yeah. had at the end of the first half in the Chiefs game with the, you know, moving around the pocket and the whole shots and the the dime on the, the nine ball. Like he can do all of that, but they just don't really, you, you can't really think of a game like a Herbert signature moment really when you think of, you know, like you can for Allen. You can't really think of a, a Herbert masterclass game like you can for Allen when you think of when you think of like Herbert's career. Like, oh, oh remember when this? Like, it should have been that Raiders game when he when he completed all those fourth down right. throws. But you know, they were still they couldn't defend the run and they still ended up losing that game. So he hasn't been in the playoffs. But I don't know. It's just like it doesn't isn't Herbert hurt? Like his ribs are broken? Like, yeah. But I mean, I think still like. They're coaching. I, I think Herbert needs to be freed a little bit. And yeah, their their receivers are slow. Um, JC Jackson is going to be a huge setback if he can't they turn it around. Up so bad with that one, man. And I don't hey. blame him. Like I didn't think that it was. I didn't think that was a bad contract when it happened. So I would have probably also been fooled. But man, that he the needs that's so like bad on that sucker. Yeah. It's yeah. probably it's a bad situation. And I don't know. You, the Chargers and Broncos both. The whole AFC West outside of the Chiefs just really seems confused. Yeah, the coaching the coaching sabotages these rosters. Like, yeah, it's kind of what it seems like. It's like Andy Reid's a, a great coach and he's maximizing the Chiefs. If you put Andy Reid on these Chargers and Staley and Lombardi on the Chiefs. Like, I, I really think the Chiefs would be the Chargers and the Chargers would be the Chiefs. You know, like, I, I really think that Hackett and Staley and McDaniels are kind of torpedoing talented rosters with a lack of identity and a lack of um, common sense a lot of the time. So, yeah, I know, will. We, we were so excited about this division. Russ, but Russ did start off the game hot. Like, hey, he we, had, he had, he was cooking there for a minute. Russ was like cooking something gourmet he, he, real he quick. And then he, he was preheating the oven for a second. He was <laughs> doing some of that, but then it, it, yeah, it was, it all came crashing down. Too good to be true, no. I fear. But hey, 10 for 10, 100 and some yards and a touchdown. You take what you can get, I guess. Um, Chargers should have gotten Robbie. I don't know if that really fixes their problem, but there's a lot of teams that actually should have beaten that Robbie Anderson trade i i think i'm not mad at it 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 was a sixth in 2024 and a seventh in 2025 the the thing is is like it's a scary contract except the panthers took all the dead money yeah so it's actually he's actually getting paid like six hundred thousand dollars this year by the cardinals yep so (laughs) i I, i'm kind of surprised that some teams weren't willing to give up a fifth but then he's getting like 10 million next year and you gotta account for that so i guess teams were looking at as a long-term play um, I think it's and the Cardinals, dude. They're so funny, man. How many well, picks I mean, have they spent they, on receivers? It, it, it's a lot. That was the one thing I was thinking is like they've spent a decent amount of assets on just receivers. Um, you think about like Hopkins, obviously, and him coming back is huge. But they spent a, a first on Hollywood two years ago. They spent a second drafting Rondell Moore. Um, but like. Getting Robbie Anderson for a sixth, not even in in like the twenty twenty in twenty twenty four, and that's like nothing. A sixth and a seventh over the net over like two years from now, like who really cares? I feel like at that point, um, they've they've just invested so much. Yeah, and, and here I you you can argue this like if any other team, if I told you, yeah, I had DeAndre Hopkins, and I've also invested a first and a second and i have like 10 million dollars next year invested in in my receiving core you would think that's the best receiving core in football or one of them and you could and you'd probably argue the the cardinals don't even have the best receiving core in their division so they don't 
Yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, they can add as many weapons as they want and it doesn't solve their problem, which is Cliff Kingsbury just doesn't <laughs> call good passing plays and his concept or, concepts are all fucked up. I like, I kind of like what he does in the running game and when you see like what their running game was right before they got Cliff to right after, it, it's taken a huge leap and he does some interesting things with the spread running game. But um, like the passing concepts, you see the passing charts where it's just D hop on the left exclusively always as the left wide receiver running like just a million out routes. You've seen those charts right. and then he gets Hollywood and it's just the same exact thing. <laughs> just lines <laughs> up on the left and that's all where that's the only place he lines up. Yeah. It just is like, you just like, you're just not a good coach and the defense. All they can do is blitz. They, they're just completely different than any other defense where it's just like, don't blitz Mahomes. Don't blitz Rogers. Don't blitz Brady. They'll figure it out eventually. Cause they know what you're going to do. Cardinals don't care. They're going to do it anyway. So it's just like fundamentally, like it's just a predictable team. It's a boring team. And like Robbie Anderson does not save them from their problems that start from the very top, yeah. um, which is just complacency with, with mid they, they've in, also in the been, front office. Yeah. They've also just been like really bad at drafting, like really bad. They're just not a good team. <laughs> like what? They're not a good organization. What, what was they're, the they're, last... They're, I mean, Kyler Murray was a good draft pick, but other than Kyler Murray, what is the you get? Last you get no, Cardinals you get no points pick. for taking the obvious number one overall quarterback. I'll, I'll give, give him actually, a little, bit, a little of bit of credit because moving on from Rosen right, was right, slightly right, risky. Right, right, but right, right, right. I mean, outside of that, like it's just Do it's they, just an organization that's chasing cars in the road. Like, oh, we need we need linebackers, so we're gonna draft. Isaiah Simmons, oh, he's not good. So we're gonna throw another draft pick at Zayvon. Oh, it, oh, you know, Kyler, we we lost D Hop. We got to trade for Kyler's college friend. It's just like they just use like these they're, holes they're that pop too, up and they, they're too they short sighted. Yes, yes. And this yes. is what this is where teams get themselves in trouble is when they they keep thinking like each move should be a good, especially with high draft pick, should be a good long term move in its own right. And these teams get in the idea of, like, how can we patch all of our holes to try to, like, make the playoffs next season? And that's just not the way that you should look at it. And this is why I'm more of a best player available type guy in the draft. And this is why, you know, teams that go out and try to plug holes in free agency like that with big contracts especially oftentimes screw themselves over. And that's especially what the Panthers have been doing recently. <laughs> uh, right. Not to keep bringing them up. But, like, it, that, that's how I feel frustrated with that. And a lot of teams do that. You know, if you're picking, especially if you're picking the top 10, people talk like, oh, what do we need? Well, unless you are drafting a player who cannot have a reasonable way to start, like, it, you don't draft a defensive tackle if you've got two, you know, Pro Bowl defensive tackles, cough, cough, Dave right. Gettleman. Um, <laughs> but, you know, outside of that, like, just take the best players. And, and, and you know, if you want to fill holes, do that with, you know, borderline guys and free agency for short one-year contracts but don't don't do what the cardinals have done which is like oh. right yeah i mean it looks like now marquise brown is is going to miss a significant chunk of the season maybe out until december with a foot injury now six seven weeks something like that and it's like that's a big chunk of time to miss and He's only got like this year and next on his on his deal, and then he's it's just, just free it's just a really really bad value. That's the other thing about those wide receiver trades. It's like you do have to remember, like you are paying the guy as well. Yeah, and if yeah. you're getting, you're spending. You know, I know they went from a first to a third, but like that's pretty close to spending a first on a wide receiver who is questionable. Who you know, as far as like being a Pro Bowl talent, like he's not. He's not like that. And then you're gonna have to go give him a big bunch of money. I, that just is not. That's not good long-term team building. That is not how you do it. That's that's something that a team that is thinking very short-sightedly does. Yeah, it's like what is their ceiling? Like, what's the best case scenario for the even coming into this year? Like, no one had the char the Cardinals winning the the Super Bowl. No one, and it would have no. been it would have been stupid too. A lot of people had them in the playoffs because they were in the playoffs last year and they got Hollywood. But <laughs> like, like even if they can, even if their weapons are good and they can turn around and win a a division that's looking kind of weak right now, like. Like what is it, overall like? What does that get you? It gets it gets Cliff a little bit more leeway. That's right. bad, and, that, and that's why these teams do it. Is because they're time. like, I'm going to get fired. Oh my god. Oh my god. What can I do right now? Right this second. There's no end game where this works. They're on a path that 
it's the Doctor Strange thing where he's like, I saw 42 million outcomes. It's like, how many do we win? One. But in Marvel, that one is the thing that's going to happen in real life, the 41,999 things are what's going to happen. So, right. <laughs> yeah. The Cardinals yeah. think it's Spider-Man. The Cardinals think, <laughs> the Cardinals think uh, yeah, the Rousseau brothers are directing there. This is an end game, guys. <laughs> this is not. This is not. Uh, it, might be, it might be the end of <laughs> Cliff, though. I don't know. They just gave him a big extension. I don't know if they're just going to turn around and fire him. But um, yeah, we'll see. And I, I like I like D Hop a lot, and I think that he's still got something left oh, in the bro. tank. And I, I am we we we're starting him in fantasy this week. I'm excited oh, yeah. to to see him again. But like, we've man, been, like what we've is been riding? Oh, it's this and this weeks. is. We've been riding him on the bench for six weeks, and they're going to get up against the Saints. Who got? Are we two and three or three three and two? We're th- Three and three now. Three and three. Okay. Yeah. We were right. so close to being four, four and two, but we got Herbert, Herbert and Mike Williams could not salvage ten points. Um, that's horrible. That's JC. Yeah, JC. If JC Horn was on the Broncos, we would have won that fantasy game. <laughs> no. Nuh-uh. No. Pat Sertan. He had Mike Williams in a snuggie. He did. He did. <laughs> but uh so we're gonna have we're gonna have D hop back this week. And uh yeah, they're going up against the Saints. The Saints allowed big games to Lockett and Metcalf two weeks ago. Just got torched by Jamar Chase last week. Expecting a week seven domination by uh DeAndre Hopkins. Well, the the concern with that is like, how long is D Hop going to be one of these top flight receivers, really? And hopefully the next year, maybe two. Like, <laughs> and then it's like you're going to be something. sitting there and you're going to say, "We invested all this into receiver, and it's just hey, at least you got a, uh, at least you got D Hop for a steal." Yeah, basically robbed the Texans blind. Yeah, but um, yeah. It's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. unfortunate. Talk about the Dynasty League. Yeah, Bladen, um, I beat you in the Dynasty League. Uh, I know. I, I've totally forgot to update. I updated my lineup in every other league, and I was just like, and then I looked at my, I looked at the Dynasty League yesterday, and I was like, I had like five people on a buy. You started. <laughs> you had like three players. Um, yeah, it was bad. Going was, in this one, I beat you one hundred and sixteen to fifty. Yeah, it was um, not my best yeah. performance. I fear. Yeah, that um, one was a free win for for, but, for hey, yeah. You know, one of these days the dynasty team's going to come around and uh except I have Josh Allen on a bye this week, so you have Rodgers. I do have Rodgers on the bench and he's going up against Washington, so that actually might work out in my favor. It doesn't help that I had a crazy team this week. My team was was very nice with Ramondre Stevenson. Diggs, Schuster had a great game. Yeah. Um, Sh- yeah, Juju did kind of go off. He did. He did. But... Um, Waller's supposed to be back this week. He better. Let's see. Uh, I've seen some people ask about the Falcons and how they're 6-0 and against the spread this year. Arthur Smith Masterclass is all I've got to say. Um, I want to see Ritter. <laughs> I don't <laughs> yes. know if we're... Get- I mean, Mariota's I, playing I, all right. I agree. So I... Right, they're they're in kind of a tough situation just because, like, you can unlock so much more if if Mariota is not your quarterback. Like, they're doing a good job with Mariota, and the the designed runs and the crazy play action rate is like helping. But eventually, you got to win a Super Bowl, you know, and you're you're just not doing that when you're kind of pigeonholing yourself with Mariota. So, like. It would be nice to know what Ritter has before the draft. So, but if you're in contention for the NFC Wild Card, which they might be, because yeah. they're well coached and the offense has been playing well so far, and and the That's secondary good. has been better than I thought it would be. So, I don't know if that time will ever come where you where you start the other start the other quarterback. That's, you know, really so they're they're in kind of a tough situation. 
um, in terms of their evaluation of the quarterback position. Or maybe, you know, they're not in range where they draft a quarterback. They go with Mariota next year and, and they, maybe that's what I would do. You start Mariota the whole year. You see if you can make the playoffs in this week NFC. And then next year you, you almost Jimmy G and, Jimmy G and Trey Lancet, where next year you're just like, well, we're going to go with Ritter no matter what. But I, I have no idea. I have no idea um, what they're going to do. They're too good for their own good. Yeah, it would it would be nice if they were bad enough to like give Ritter a shot. Like That would honestly yeah. be more helpful for their future than, than a wild card berth right now. It's but, awesome. Um, and so many teams are doing that this year. Seahawks. It's all, it's all yeah, lining I, up. That's what I, I, I posted a video yesterday i was like bro the, the we're we're like two months away from a scenario in which you get the falcons seahawks and giants in the playoffs who would have i don't thought? know if it'll really turn out like it, that. it might not but like this wasn't even supposed to be a conversation i think one of those teams well maybe two of those teams will get in the but... giants will probably get in it's i could i could see like kind of all three of those top then, NFC East teams getting in at this point. Well, then you've got one and spot, and you've got Green Bay as well. And Green Bay has not been very good, so I wouldn't have super high hopes. For you them so, to I, but 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 in terms of being better than the Falcons, yeah, they've got a fine shot of that. I mean, you, yeah. you this is this is expectation. This is expectation. Packers are underperforming. Falcons are overperforming. Right. But that doesn't mean that the pack. <laughs> Yeah, it is expectations. expectations. Speaking of expectations, Matt, what do you expect for uh, opening night of NBA? Well, it's always here's here's the real take. It's very hard to predict single NBA games. Yes, because it usually just comes down to well, it doesn't. This is this is an oversimplification, but it just comes down so much to like who's hot. But uh, there's some things that I'm watching for very particularly. We are going to get a very good look at exactly how valuable Robert Williams is to the Celtics defense. And I think it'll be fine. Like, obviously, still, I think it's going to be really good. But they're in a tough spot because it's like, okay, we we lost our, our defensive mastermind center. Uh, Al Horford, please go guard Joel Embiid, who's, a, who's also a great defender. But it's like, are you going to go put him out there 35 minutes? And is this going right. to be the thing that the Celtics are doing? That would make me very nervous because if they lose Al Horford, that would be a big loss, and you really want to pace him. So I'll be interested to see how that goes uh, and, and how the Celtics' defense looks. It'll still be good, obviously. It'll still be great. You know, They have so many good defenders, but um, it's, it's still a big loss. Losing your best interior defender, always going to kill you. Uh, I'm interested to see um, Harden. How much burst yeah. does he have? That's mm-hmm. that's the big thing for me. Yeah. We're, and we're going to – if Harden – this, this, the 76ers are a good team regardless of how healthy Harden is, how how much he's regressed. He, they're still going to be a good team because Tyrese Maxey could take another step. Tobias Harris is still a good player, and obviously they haven't beat. And even if you're only getting like 50% of Harden, it's like that's still a pretty strong team. But there's the difference between them being like a serious contender and them being a team that's going to like fight to make it to the second round is his health. Uh, and while he could easily come out and play great tonight, uh, and then taper off towards the end of the season. I think that there's also a world where you know he could not look good tonight. So you're still rooting for him to to really have that burst and be super involved. Uh, and and, and I, you know I want to see the Joel Embiid James Harden yeah. pick and roll at full strength. How could you not? Um, I mean, if if you if you're expecting him to taper off at the end of the season, you you at least want the starting point to be high. <laughs> That's, right. I, I don't I don't know what to expect. I don't think anybody does. No one no one knows how healthy Harden is going to be. Anyone yeah. telling you they know for a fact is lying. James Harden. Actually, Harden's no I guarantee he's going to be. An I gu- I guarantee this. He's all stars. Sorry. Yes, but, and and the Celtics coaching situation. I didn't realize just how inexperienced their current head coaches. If you look at the jobs he's had, it's been in like small, co- they're basically on their third string head coach because uh, the jazz hired who away their, their top assistant. And obviously uh, their head coach got suspended. So they're on a guy that is not really a, like a main character, or at least wasn't a main character on, on last year's Celtics team. Now I'm sure that he's good. Otherwise he wouldn't have been like the third one they asked or the, 
second one they asked now that their other guy is gone. But um, are they good enough that coaching doesn't matter? They might be. I mean, you look at how good this team is defensively. Marcus Smart won Defensive Player of the Year. I'd argue that he's like their for their fifth best defensive player. Yeah. Like it's it's crazy just how good um defensively their personnel is now obviously yeah time lord's gone i'm looking at espn right now their backup uh center is currently blake griffin so like in the non al horford minutes like things couldn't (laughs) couldn't maybe get rough defensively (laughs) so you know that's a big how how they how they what they throw at Embiid will be a really good challenge for that for that new coach and I, i that's definitely i think the most the most exciting thing to watch for is like are the Celtics with an extremely inexperienced coach? Are they a team whose talent, because they've got a ton of talent um, with Brodigan in there and, and, and all that, but um, like there now and all that, but like, are they good enough that coaching doesn't matter? Or is it going to be maybe a little bit of a slow start with an extremely inexperienced head coach? Kind of like we saw last year um, with, uh, with their head coach in his first year. And of course they didn't really flip it until January. I, I don't think it's completely out of the question that they, it takes a while for them to find their identity. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, I, I think they're going to run a lot of the same stuff. I think their identity is going to be similar, but I think there's a lot of in-game things that are easier said than done uh, that an inexperienced guy, you know, may struggle with. Um. As far as the Lakers-Warriors game goes, I mean, I'm excited for the normal stuff here, dude. What what are the Lakers lineups going to look like is my big question going into that. I think we're going to see Westbrook off the bench and AD at the five. I think that's what they should do, and I think Ham is going to put his foot down and just it cannot. It, here's here's the This is a good way to put it. It cannot be neither. It cannot be. Possibly be neither. It must at least be one or the other. If it's neither, they're completely unserious. Yeah, <laughs> which they they may be. LeBron might might call an audible, and all of a sudden it's. Uh... I mean, you you would imagine Bron is at the one, right? Well, they're they're not going to have. I mean, maybe he'll run the one and and offensively, yeah. but he'll be like their small forward or their power forward. Like yeah, yeah. He's... On, on the depth chart, he'll be listed as the four, but. On Obviously, court. the offense is going to run through. It's going to run through. You're yeah. not. So we'll know. see, man. Lonnie Walker is a starter for them, dude. <laughs> he doesn't. He, but he doesn't. He doesn't have to be. What their lineup should be. What they should put out there is it should be Nunn, Beverly, LeBron, Reeves, Anthony Davis. Although Reeves should be at the three and LeBron should be at the four. That should be their go-to lineup. And then they yeah. have. And then they have Toscano Anderson. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just a little tough. I'm thinking about they've got <laughs> Thomas Bryant who can run some of that. It's like they're just that Pacers trade away. They, they just are. don't quite have the role players before. It's like, you know how hard it would ha- you'd have to work to make none of the lineups goofy? It's hard to do. So it's it's really hard. Dennis Schroeder is unserious. Westbrook, in my opinion, is slightly unserious. Like Schroeder, especially. Like that guy's worse than Westbrook, most likely. <laughs> like yeah, Schroeder is this good. this lineup is really lacking depth. I see Matt Ryan. I'm looking at the. I see Matt Ryan, the fifth string uh, small oh, forward. If on. they need to call upon him, but we've seen the Colts games this year. <laughs> yeah, we we know what he's. Hey, but he's kind of tall, so maybe he's got he can get some rebounds for you. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I I just don't think the Lakers are very good despite their star power, and I think they can do that Pacers trade, and I think they should do this Pacers trade. You've got LeBron James, who's very good when he was in last year still, but injured more. Like you're reaching the end of the the line here with LeBron, like in terms of like an MVP candidate. Like maybe you get a year, maybe you get you know, him as an all-star going forward and not, you know, an, an MVP type of dude. But, like, they have first-round picks. They really do. Like, they have a couple from the Pelicans trade that are swapped or protected or there's some wonky stuff going on with them. But um, they have their 2027, 
They could swap their 2028, and they have their 2029. Here is what I think that they are doing. The Lakers, even if they make that Turner and Heald trade, could run the risk of like LeBron maybe starting to take a step back or Anthony Davis not being healthy. And if, if, if you knew right now that Anthony Davis was just not going to be healthy, would you do that trade? No, because you, you just aren't at the level of being a competitive team. The only way that trade makes them a serious contender is if LeBron is still, you know, like full force, like, you know, like he was last year, which I think will happen, but he's starting to get older too. So the injuries could come along. You need Darvin Ham to be serious and all your other role players to be serious. You need the offense to look better and the, and the defense to have a little bit more juice. You need Anthony Davis to look more like himself because he wasn't last year. Yeah. What I think they're doing is they're saying, okay, let's see it. Let's see the rest of let, – let's see the team be a Buddy Heald and a Miles Turner away. Right. And if, if you are showing me that, I will push it farther into, fu- in the, to, into the future. But if not, I'm not doing that. I'm not just like – Assuming that it's all going to work out. They also would not like to give up both unprotected, but I don't know if they'll be able to get away with that. Yeah, I I can see that being the logic for sure. Um, They're a team that I think could make an in-season move. Um, The the Grizzlies are a team I could see making an an in-season move, considering I I believe they have um, a lot of picks and they need a second star. Like, I think that, I think I, I have the Grizzlies missing the playoffs, and I said that on Twitter. I hard launched that take on Twitter yesterday, and right. people, no one liked it. Um, but with the Grizzlies, like I think everyone is basically in acknowledgement that they're going to start the year a little slow with Jaron Jackson Jr.'s injury and two good role players being replaced with the rookies. Like I think everybody just acknowledges, like, well, yeah, they'll they'll start the year slow, and then they'll just you know get good at the end. But you know, there's the, there's a world where, you know, they don't get good at the end. <laughs> like, that's not like, just like, yes, there's reason to believe that they'll get better as the year goes on, but that's not like necessarily a guarantee. You're giving, you're giving them an unbelievable benefit of the doubt. And to some extent, they've earned it. But it did, yes. you, also, you also have to prepare for the world that, the world where that doesn't happen. So I understand that take. Yes. I do think they're going to make the playoffs, though. Yeah, I mean, it's a hot take for a reason. And every year, something weird. I like to predict something weird to happen every year. You, because you every... do. You love predicting weird things. You Because you... every year, something, something weird does Something weird happen. is going to happen. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, I could predict, oh, the East will go 76ers, Bucks, you know, um, Nets, or yeah, Celtics. How about this? Even more lame. Celtics, Celtics, Bucks. 76ers, Nets, Cavs, Heat, Hawks, Raptors. Cavs, Cavs too low, I fear. <laughs> That's how it'll go. And everyone would be like, good list, Theo. But like, yeah, anyone could say that. Like, you could just check the Vegas odds. Oh, the West will go Warriors, uh, Suns, Nuggets, uh, T-Wolves, Clippers, Pelicans, uh, Mavericks. I don't know. Oh, Grizz- the Grizzlies are the four seed. You know, <laughs> anyone could say these things. Everyone knows who like the favorites are, but it's not just going to go down like that. So I always got to throw in a little bit of spice because throw a wrench. the old you know, curveball. You got to throw the curveball in. Otherwise, what's the point? You know, everyone can. You know, my 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 eight year old sister. Not that I have an eight year old sister, but if I my, did, my eleven year old sister. <laughs> Layden's eleven-year-old sister could look at the look at what happened last year and, and tell you who the expected eight teams in the playoffs would be. But you got to <laughs> throw something weird in there because something weird is going to happen. And yeah, yeah, it is more or less our job to do that. So <laughs> this, is, this is what it is. So yeah, yeah. It's Vegas odds to tell you who the favorites are, and it's our job to tell you that they're wrong. Yeah. Or at least could be wrong. Could be wrong. That's the thing. Like I think I'm probably wrong, but it's a. I think it's a shot worth taking. It's a. It's a. Like it's not necessarily what I think the most likely outcome is, but when you balance, like, you know, something weird's going to happen. What is the most likely weird thing to happen? Like I think yeah. that's kind of where I'm at. Like that. That yeah, was me with. That was me with the Broncos. That was me with the Broncos. I'm like, they're going to finish last in that division. 
and it it was an unpopular opinion. They're not last in the division, right? but they will be. They will be. <laughs> we'll see. I'm the right. Raiders, I, mean, I was Raiders, right. I'm not the Ra- yet. The Raiders have the Raiders one win. Who was it against? Well, I mean, All Russ right. is going to miss the next couple of weeks with a hamstring injury, so you're adding Brett Rippin into this mix. So yeah, that's not. Yeah, but um. Yeah. I saw someone say in the chat that uh we're underrating Russ Russell Westbrook a little bit. And uh I really I, I really I, 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 I don't I'm, think you can. <laughs> you know, I, I get I get the 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 heat for like not being a, a super bold guy, but I'll I'll dude no, he cannot shoot and he cannot defend. How can you put him on the court in any serious situation? As a point guard, what? how many good players are there in the NBA that can't shoot and can't defend? Like none. <laughs> like zero of them. Right. And it's not like you can expect it like, oh, he'll rebound because he's never been a good shooter. You know? Right. Like, it's just not his game. Is He's someone who, who gets to the rim with, with maximum efficiency. He's been a good passer in the past. Like, in his Thunder days, like not all of his of his assists were bullshit. I think he was legitimately like a good playmaker in his Thunder days. So like maybe maybe that comes back. But the guy is what he's come. What what year is he in now? It's his athleticism isn't what it used to be. He's ball dominant, and he's just not. <laughs> like his, what 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 team would go out and sign him? Maybe turn- the Wizards. His turnover, his turnover rate was bad last year. His playmaking was bad last year. His shooting was bad last year. His defense was bad last year. He, yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't create offensive efficiently. Like he puts up the numbers, but it's not efficient offense. So it's not really helping the team win all that much on a night-to-night basis. And he's a lineup disaster because you have to find a way to like get around the fact that your point guard is ruining your spacing and not a good defender as well. And it's like, it's just not worth it. It's yeah. just not like you can be good at some things like, yeah, he can still get to the rim and whatever, but you can be good at some things and just not be an overall good player. And that happens all the time in the NBA. Right. And, it, and the playmaking is really what I think is, is the biggest, the biggest difference from him now from him in his thunder days is like in over the past couple seasons, really, like since since KD left, he's been at least an I think maybe not a, a stellar a mate like Chris Paul as a playmaker, but at least an average playmaker and passer for a point guard, a guard. Like I I, I think that he was, but last year it was just horrible. Last year was the worst mark that he's put up in terms of like assists compared to his usage rate. It was the worst mark he's put up since uh, two, like 2011. So when he was, you know, just a second ball, like he wasn't the main character. It was, you know, KD there and all that. And so, and even in the world where he bounces back, let's say he does go to another team and he bounces back. Once you get to the playoffs, it's just a disaster anyway. So it's, it's, I I think the idea, it's like, well, he could help one of these like mid-level teams that are in kind of the dead zone of the NBA, maybe get over the top of the plans, but that does not make you like a top 100 player. Right. A, a winning team just does not have a use for Russ because they they already have better offensive options to go to. And that's why I like him off the bench is like, okay, you're not in this you're not giving him starter minutes. You've got LeBron out there to play make. You've got AD out there. And then once the bench comes in, maybe, you know, he still has the juice to take advantage of other bench players, you know, not not NBA starters, but NBA backups. Maybe then he can like turn up like show a little bit more like he showed when he was on the thunder or whatever, or even the wizards. Um, but as like a starter in this lineup, but, that, but then that's the problem is like, who's your point guard then Dennis Schroeder? Like, you don't want Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder has all Beverly these same issues. Those I, yeah. I, I think Beverly and none is actually pretty good, but yeah, it's, it's yes. just a problem for them. And I really, I really, really do not know if he would get picked up if he was cut right now. MVP Russ was official. How long ago did Russ win the MVP? 2017. It's like five years ago. What are, what are we talking about? Right. I, I don't. And look, I don't disagree. At one point, it was worth it. That's the thing that some people have gotten confused about. They're like, 
well, Russ was never good. It's like, no, that's not true. Right. There were years um, from, I mean, just looking at the stats now from 2013, wait, no, 2014 to like 2018, he was like above average, like points per shot attempt and like assist rate were all like fine in those years. Like he was a good offensive player in those years and, and on never before seeing usage rates too. So yes, like that it's, it's not the exact same situation that it was years ago. The turnover, the turnovers have gone way up. The assist rates have gone way down. The points per shot attempt have gone way down. It's not, he's w- way worse than he was a couple of years ago. It's not like a couple of years ago it was the same exact numbers in a different situation. No, it was way better numbers. I mean, that more have, usage rate. Yeah. In, in, NBA fans have a big problem with like, because if you say this on Twitter, you'll get a lot of comments. It's disrespectful. You need to respect. What are you? This is an MVP we're talking about. NFL fans don't do that as much, <laughs> right? But NBA yeah. fans, I mean, they think you know, every every good shot creator who's now forty and can't play any defense <laughs> should. How is he not on a team? You know, it's uh, right. No, no, no one was giving Matt Ryan that kind of benefit of the doubt. <laughs> right? It's like <laughs> this is yeah, the this 2016 is MVP. MVP. Respect him when he was playing respect. the. Uh, even though I think Matt Ryan is a better quarterback than Russ is a point guard at this point, like no one gives NBA players that kind of that's well, that's the thing about the NBA is like players have fan bases, like player fan bases in the NBA are much stronger than player fan bases in the NFL, except for like maybe Brady and and Rogers. The Brady like, Dick writing is yeah, that's that, but that's like the most that's like a, any All Star NBA player has like a <laughs> has like an Aaron Rodgers level Respect fan Fred base. Van Fred, yeah, respect, Fred. respect OG and Anobi, please. Uh, <laughs> yes, but um, yeah. Well, before we head out, uh, we did forget to talk about the Cowboys a little bit. Um, I think the only thing that needs to be mentioned is uh, Cooper Rush was never that guy. <laughs> and anyone, right. anyone who thought that Cooper Rush might be that guy, I I don't know what you I don't know what you were watching. We can like, laugh. We can. They were watching. They were watching the Cowboys win total. Yeah, they they checked the scores at the end of the game, and they said, "Well, how? Do I know? There's only one way to win a game in the NFL, and that's your quarterback is better than the other team's quarterback." I think it was it was very funny because like I made a video and made a tweet like, "Okay, here's the Cowboys' offense like yards per drive every year." Dak year, top 10, Dak year, top 10, Dak year, top 10, Dak year, top five, Dak year, top 10, Andy Dalton year, like in the 20s. Then it's Dak year again, top 10. Cooper Rush now in the 20s. What does this say? And people are like, I don't care about numbers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just care about wins. Like even presented like, dude, the offense is not moving the football the same way when Dak is not the quarterback. And they see that and they're just like, I don't care about all that. It's like you Dak's not are a winner. <laughs> you are stupid. Like you are I am not afraid if you unfollow me or you get offended by this. You are like a stupid person. <laughs> that is your takeaway. I'm sorry. Yeah, I guess Dak's just not a winner, man. You know. It's it, dude, sometimes you get takes on to. TikTok that you'll just think that's like the most reasonable thing and you'll get people in the comments being like um but they're no. winning or they'll be like uh, but how many passing yards did he have? Or, <laughs> or they'll just like totally like this happens on TikTok all the time. They'll just totally miss the point of your video, or you'll be like, "Now I don't think this," but blah blah blah, and then someone in the comments will be like, "So you think this?" What's wrong? Where's, where's the like, tweet? <laughs> the, the the famous tweet that I think of literally all the time, where like Twitter is the only place in TikTok too where yes. you can have well articulated things and people just completely misunderstand them like you'll say i love pancakes and the comments will say so, <laughs> so you, you hate, hate waffles <laughs> yeah so <laughs> you hate waffles it's like no that's a whole nother thing like like, it's like i made this crazy. video yesterday and i made it 100 percent clear that i was not calling cj stroud bad i was just saying that while you shouldn't say he's a bad quarterback because he plays for ohio state certainly we have seen ohio state quarterbacks put up big numbers and not be good in the nfl so we should not just take his Ohio State numbers at face value, and I get people stitching me. 
what you're missing about CJ Stroud is Blunt's like, no, it's like, actually, you should just watch the games. It's like, dude, I should have done that in my Ohio State hat is what I should have done. That was my mistake. POV yeah. me talking about the Browns wearing a Browns beanie. Yeah, that's it's it is what it is. It is what it is. I, I, I feel like I'm impossible to gaslight just because no one will ever gaslight me like TikTok comments gaslight me. Like, <laughs> like, like, like the Patrick Bateman. No, you. No, he's no, he's not. Like, I can I can get fifty comments on a video talking about how like Cooper Rush is better than Dak Prescott, and it's like he's just he's just like no, no, he is not. And yet, this narrative is getting thrown at me over and over and over, and it happens several times with several players throughout a season. Is like there'll just be things that are just. Like not true. They're just not. They're not true. <laughs> and yet, still, people will like tell me, like, "No, dude." I, I'm I'm trying to think of more times that this is, or like, there'll be throws. It especially happens with a specific plays where I'll say, like, "This th- he should have thrown this football." Like this is open. <laughs> it's the read, and he he held onto it and he took a sack. And I'll be like, "Actually, no. That's that's not what should have happened." I'm like. <laughs> Yes, he, yes, it is. <laughs> You're gaslighting me right now. Do a very severe. <laughs> You're gaslighting me right now. It's like this was a great throw, and they're like, "No, it wasn't." With with oh, deep like, shots, bad. dude. It, yeah. As long as it is completed, it's a good throw. A this good, is it. Doesn't yeah. matter if your receiver had ten yards of separation and had to stop. It's a good throw. It yes. was for a touchdown. It happened with Zach Wilson in the Packers game, where Corey Davis ran a double move. Like I said, Zach Wilson is not, he's awful. He's playing horrible in this game. Then like right after I say that, of course, Corey Davis runs a double move. He's got five yards of separation. Literally, as Wilson is winding up, you hear the announcer say, Corey, he's got Corey Davis wide open down the field. And I'm like, oh God, here we go. By the time it's completed, it's a contested throw because Zach Wilson underthrew it so badly. And then it gets completed and all the Jets fans are like, Theo won't talk about that throw. I'm like, (laughs) Did, did you see what just happened? Did you see? <laughs> did or you or see, the see classic is, happened? I don't think this guy's arm talent is that great. Oh, yeah? Watch him step into this 50-yard throw. Right. Watch him throw this Hail oh. Mary. Is, is, <laughs> this throw went 50 yards in the air. I always think it's so funny that I have thrown it 45 yards before. There's a video of me doing it. 45 yeah. yards. I have... I have no definition in my arms, okay? I'm not a strong person. I can throw it 45 yards. And then there'll be like a 50-yard throw that an NFL quarterback hits, and they'll be like, how dare you say he has a weak I, arm? I, think, I do think that we need like, to – That is five yards longer than I can I think can we need throw, to man. reevaluate <laughs> what a long throw is in the NFL. It's not – because it's not about how like – far down the field you can get it really they're thinking of like bazooka in madden with mahomes it's yes. about like how quick the ball gets where you need going. to be thinking yes. about the uh what's th- what's the ability that rogers has in madden rogers has an ability where the he... cpu can't intercept it if he that's no, awesome. no <laughs> not that not not his x factor <laughs> that one that one no, that... not real <laughs> no he uh rogers has the fastest release in the game because he has an ability that when he throws the ball, it moves faster. That's that's what you want. That's what you want. And most most guys don't have that, I fear. Yeah. I yeah. It, it's it's the Herbert throws. It's the Herbert yes. throws where it it's just on a line. Or the Allen throws. It's just a it just goes in a straight line. Cause and it's still accurate. And that's the thing. Like hard throwers versus soft throwers, it's a difference. There's a big difference there. If I wanted to, if there was a net, right, a net, and I said, throw it into the net, no one would, would throw it as hard as they can at the net, right? They would try to loft it, and then they, they would try to, like, t- to throw something. Like a, like a basketball shot. Like, like they, yeah, they would, they would, that's how you throw it with accuracy. But when you can just, whip that thing as hard as you can and throw it like a dime 
that that is extremely valuable and, and that is what people do not so understand in the nfl and you can get away with it in college like that's probably the number one thing that make that turns a good college quarterback into a bad nfl quarterback is not having the velocity and that's why all these like group of five guys it's like he threw six thousand yards and a million touchdowns it's like he does not have the arm strength to make right. that work in the nfl and that's the thing with like zappy like there was a pick versus the lions where he threw just a slant and the ball literally dies on the slant. Like you can <laughs> see it dip on the slant. And when the co- the wide receiver tries to catch it, he's catching it at, at his knees. And when he's running, then his knee comes up and hits the ball and it pops up into the air. And it's like, well, like zap, like <laughs> Herbert would throw that and it would hit his chest, not his knees. Cause he can throw that bullet across, over the middle of the field and it won't die on him. Zappy has like, as nice as Zappy has been in, in the numbers he's put up, like that guy does not have the arm strength to fit it in windows over the middle of the field. And if you look at his passing charts, like go look at the middle of the field. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Go look at Bailey Zappy's passing charts over the past two weeks and look at the middle of the field because there's not a whole lot there. It's it's sideline stuff. It's not closing windows because there's no defenders on the sideline, right? It's just the sideline. So it's like Zappy can throw it toward like these crossing routes, and there's well, to no. To be fair, the Browns defenders aren't closing anywhere on the field. So neither are the Lions. <laughs> the Lions and the Browns are the two worst defenses in football in terms of EPA per play, and that's who Zappy's played. So, yeah. like Zappy needs Zappy's arm is not actually like there. It will get exposed eventually. So yeah, the Patriots they just totally need a quarterback. I think I think Belichick totally knows. He's just like. This sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Bro's dealing with <laughs> Mac Jones and Mac Jones Sr. and Mac Jones Jr. Those are his quarterbacks right now. And and I, I kind of expected – it's obviously not over, but I kind of expected the Mac Jones saga to go on a little bit longer than this. But it's just – and I know he's hurt, and I think he'll come back, and I think they'll start him still. Zappy had 300 yards. He did. So he, <laughs> he did. is good. He did. He is a great – And he made some good throws. He, he made 300 yards. He made some good throws. Like there was a play where where he checked uh, the front side. It was three by one, and the three side was running stick. So that means the outside guy is running a clear out, and then there's two guys running out routes, right? And he read that. He didn't like it, and then he got to the back side, which was just the one guy running a slant, and he hit the he hit the slant in a in a kind of a tight window on the back side, and it's like okay, that's good. Like anytime you hit the back side, anything. Like, oh, you read the whole field, which is good, and the ball was somewhat accurate on the slant, right? But, like, can you hit the backside dig? Because the dig is, like, a slant but longer, right? Can you do that? Can you can you hit something with, like, watch watch Brady. Like, Brady hit a throw to Godwin over the middle of the field. It was Tampa 2, and so the linebacker is dropping back, and then there's two high safeties, and there's a point, like, behind the dropping linebacker in between the safeties and Brady threw like a crazy pass to Godwin this week. Yeah. Uh, like those are the kinds of throws and we'll never think about that pass from Brady ever again, because he's got so many other highlights. There's like five passes from Josh Allen, six, seven and Mahomes in the bills versus the chiefs game that are like incredible passes. And we'll just like, like they just fade with time, you know, but if a young quarterback hits them, people freak out over it because, like, those are the high-level throws. But you got to hit them over and over and over and over yeah. and over again multiple times. Brady has been doing it his entire career, even back to college. He reads the field lightning. Like Rogers, Rogers would played like dog shit in the last game, and he still had two like throws that would keep a rookie quarterback like people like <laughs> it would earn a backup quarterback of 10 year contract <laughs> if, he, if they hit these throws and it was like one of rogers worst games or two of them right. against the jets like you have to hit some cra- like elite quarterbacks hit these tight window throws over and over and over again in games and like zappy hasn't really hit one yet and even mac jones i've seen hit him in college and and even last year he hit him a little bit so you stick with mac jones but jones doesn't quite have the arm to do it like no, over and over and over again, like the top flight quarterbacks do. So, well, we're we're running short on time. So, Matt, before we get out, you got to give us an NBA opening night hot take. One million Tyrese Maxey points. <laughs> you heard it. You heard it here first. Alternate <laughs> line: Tyrese Maxey million points. <laughs> uh.
Yeah. I don't know. I don't have any. 76ers win convincingly is my hot take for tonight. Okay. That's a good one. All right. Fun. I like that. Well, thank you all so much for tuning in to another Stay Hot live stream. Make sure you check out uh, Theo's All-22. I assume it's going to be rookie corners. No, it's I'm doing it on quarterback. I ended up. I'm okay. sick of watching cornerback film. It's my least favorite film to watch. So I'm <laughs> taking a week, and I'm watching quarterbacks. Okay. In college, valid. so valid. And then Matt, I don't know what your videos on. I never know what anyone's videos on. I'm a fake. I think uh, seven things to watch for NBA. I should I should go tweet about that or something. Yeah. But seven. There's some narratives I'm watching. Well, go watch go watch Matt's video that came out today. Theo's video coming out soon. And then uh, I'm starting a face of the franchise with me at receiver in Madden uh, coming out Friday. So make sure you check all those things out. But as always, tons of content coming to win all platforms. Hope, hope you all enjoy this wonderful NBA opening night. And until next time, from Corn Boy, Bird Boy, and Lemon Boy, we will catch you all. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.